Good morning, church. Good morning. I'm hoping and praying that you are as excited as I am to be here upon the first day of the week to Amen. offer this worship unto God. Amen. And just, you know, when you just stop and think about what he has brought us through over the past week. Yeah. We don't even have to go back over the whole week. We could just go back to yesterday. Amen. We could look back on yesterday and look back over the night. So many things transpired and so many things occurred over the night. And you know what? We're not even aware of the dangers. We're not even aware of the dangers that may have crept around and came around. And not to even mention, maybe even the death angel had decided to stop at your place. But God in his wonderful grace and mercy said, not tonight. Amen. Not tonight. I'm, I'm going to let them wake up one more time. Amen. I'm going to allow them to wake up and I'm going to allow them to get whatever they need to get together. Yeah. Or if they got it together, I'm just going to allow them to keep on praising me Amen. and giving me my glory as he so rightfully deserves. Amen. 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 We're living in some times now, folks, that it has affected people in so many different ways with the pandemic and it has affected people in many different ways in their thinking concerning worship, concerning serving God. Some people have taken the pandemic thing way to the extreme and some have uh, made accusation that no, even we in the church, we're not mindful of the fact that there's a pandemic and we need to be more cautious. Let me say this, folks. Let me say this for the record so that you understand something. God is aware there's a pandemic. Yeah. And God is aware of everything that goes on in this world. But God's word commands us yet still to worship him. Let me say that again. According to God's word, he still commands us to worship him. Hebrews 10, 24, 25. You know, the Bible is just so plain. But the problem is we don't trust God. We don't trust God. God is aware there's a pandemic. And God is aware, you know, the first thing people want to say, I I have this underlying condition. Well, who do you think drew the line under the uh, under the line before you had it? God is aware of your underlying condition. God is aware of everything. The Bible said God's commandments are not grievous. And we're quick to say, and I know what some, and I've heard it, and I heard it. Well, you know, you got to use common sense. Common sense ain't got nothing to do with this. It's a matter of being obedient and pleasing God. And if our faith is what it's supposed to be, you know what? You should just believe God is going to provide a way. People who have stayed away from, 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 I'm going to use the term church. I know it ain't church. We come to worship. Yeah. Folks still have died. Yeah. Yeah. Folks have died from being locked up in their house. Yeah. Folks have died from, they, they went 
And they, you know, they still go everywhere else they want to go. But yet, for some reason, in the minds of people, church was the first thing labeled as the danger zone that you should stay away from. Let me tell you something. That's just the mind and the thoughts of the devil. But yet, when you're looking for a blessing, you're going to come to church. You're going to call on God. The same God that you have refused to honor and worship and give the glory to. This morning, I want to just briefly talk about, am I offering enough? Because somewhere along the line, you know, we as people, we get caught up in this thing that, well, I know I should do one thing. But I don't feel like doing that. But I'm just going to do this instead. Let me tell you something. God has not given you a substitute for worship. People say, well, I'm not coming to service today. or I didn't come to service today. But I stayed at home and read my Bible, this and that. Where in the Bible does God offer that as a substitute to come together to worship? See, here's the problem. You tend to believe worship is about you. And you have missed the entire point of what worship is about. It is not about you. When you you don't show up for worship, first of all, you're denying God his glory. That's the number one focus. God is the focal point of our worship. You're denying him his glory and you're also denying your brothers and sisters the opportunity to be exhorted and encouraged by you. It's right there in the book. One of you brothers get, leave the screen up there. One of you brothers get Hebrews 10, 24, 25. As long as that's been in the Bible, we still act like we we don't get that. When you refuse to show up on Sundays, you know what? You're in direct disobedience yes, of what the Bible teaches. Yes, and, and, and I'm telling you, I'm speaking for locals grow. I don't care if it's a pandemic or zimdemic or whatever kind of demic. God provides a way yeah. for us to worship him. Because if it was not, if it was not possible for us to do it, you know what? He wouldn't command us to do it. We may not be able to do it in the large collective groups, even if we had to do it two or three or four or five at groups or what. But he still commands us to worship him. The Bible reads Hebrew 10, 24. The Bible says what? And let us consider one another. Stop. Let us consider one another. You can't consider nobody at home by yourself. That's right. You can't consider nobody on Zoom. Amen. Don't get quiet on me. It's COVID. I'm I'm beginning to wonder has COVID affected us to the point that we don't believe it's important to come to worship? Our Wednesday night Bible class has fallen off tremendously. Why? Because people have gotten into this mode that, well, I, I'm just going to do this and God understands. Let me tell you, you better be careful what you accuse God of understanding. 
This is God you're talking about. Let us consider one another. To provoke unto love and to good works. How do you do that? How do you do it if you're not here? How do you do it? You can't do it if you're not here. Keep reading. Not forsaking the assembly. Not forsaking the assembly. Keep going. Of ourselves together. Uh Uh-huh. As the manner of some is, but extorting one another. And and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. How, How much clearer can that be put? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves. How? Together. There's a need for you to be here. There's a need for you to be here. If if for no other reason you can come up with, God commands it. Well, you say you want to go to heaven. Well, how are you going to go to heaven with a rebellious spirit? How are you going to go to heaven with a a spirit of rebellion? And you don't even want to come and be in the presence of the Lord on this time side. Heaven would be hell for you. Now, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some... But we need to come together so that we may exhort one another, encourage one another. Why? Because this is warfare. This is warfare. Every week, every week we go out the battle. We go out the battle. And you know what? We get beat down. We get lied on. We get persecuted. We get made fun of. Our faith is tested. And you know what? We We just get worn on. And we offer Wednesday night Bible class. We we offer Monday night, Wednesday night, and and some still don't care about taking part of it. I I don't, you must have some mighty great faith. But, But on the planet I live on, man, I need some encouragement. Amen. I need some rejuvenating. I need some coming together. I need to look at my brothers and sisters from time to time and they say, hang in there. We're going to be all right. But some, something has happened. That we've gotten complacent and thinking, well, I'll just do this. And God will understand. Let me tell you about two boys. Let me tell you about two boys who figured it was all right to just offer whatever they wanted to under God. And these two boys, their father was a priest. Now think about that for a moment. Just anybody couldn't be a priest. So they were taught. They understood the law. They understood who God was. But in Leviticus 10, verse 1, the Bible said, Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, 
took either of them his censer and put fire therein and put incense thereon and offered strange fire before the Lord. But listen to this last. This is the key part right here. Which he commanded them not. Amen. So they knew better. Amen. They knew better. Yeah, right. But just like how we want to substitute and establish our own righteousness. Well, I, I, I'm not coming to worship and I'll just do this. And it makes me feel justified. It makes me feel okay by God. But what does the word say? That's right. That's right. See, on judgment day, you're not going to be justified by your own feelings and thoughts. Amen. John 12, 48, the, the, the Bible said these same words are going to be there to judge us. So where will your thoughts and your feelings come into play at? They won't matter. These two young boys who knew better and direct and direct disobedience, they decided to offer something different than what God said. These are the sons of the priest, folks. But somewhere within their mentality, they became so relaxed in their thinking that, you know what? Man, I'll just, let me just throw this on here. Let me throw this in here. Here, God. As if God didn't know what they were offering. Verse number two. And there went out fire from the Lord and devoured them. And they died before the Lord. God killed them right on the spot. But you know what's so you know what's so mind-boggling about this? What's so what's so mind-blowing about this? Verse number three. Mm -hmm. These two boys were the sons of Aaron, the priest. Aaron observed this Mm -hmm. (laughs) and listened to Moses' response. Then Moses said unto Aaron, listen, this is after his sons were devoured by fire by God. Then Moses said unto Aaron, this is is it that the Lord spake, saying, I will be sanctified in them that come nigh me and before all the people I will be glorified and Aaron held his peace what else was he going to do in other words God said you're not going to come half stepping by me I'm going to be glorified. But I'm going to be glorified in accordance to the way I say. 
You are not going to establish something for me. I'm going to be glorified in accordance to my own righteousness. And these two young boys decided, I'm going to offer you something that I just feel should be just as good. Was it? Absolutely not. And they found out. Oh, what a way to find out. Oh, what a way to find out that you were wrong. But I think about Aaron. The only thing the Bible, the only thing he could do was just stand there and hold his peace. Can you imagine what went through Aaron's mind when he said, I taught them better. I know they knew better. Why would they do something so crazy? And he just had to make up his mind to keep on serving God. I'm sure there were more flames if if need be. (laughs) Eli went through a similar thing. God told Eli, deal with your sons. Eli, he was soft. He didn't want to chastise them and deal with them. So God just said, you know what? Enough. These boys are coming unto the temple. They're they're, they're defiling it. You know, they're taking advantage of the women, doing detestable things with the women and and, and stealing and carrying on, just doing all kind of things right there at the temple. God said, that's all right. I deal with them. I deal with them. It was quick, fast, and simple. He killed him. Just that simple, folks. You don't play with God. And don't allow the devil to deceive you into thinking when you come up with these crazy thoughts in your head. When I should be, when I should be. With the family of God. When I should be at a service. When I should be coming together. To exhort and to encourage. Now I'm just going to. Stay at home and. I'm just going to read a little this and that. That is not the design. What you find in the Bible. For New Testament Christians. Oh it commands you to study. But God designed this thing for you to give. To give. See, we're so caught up in ourselves. Mm. You're failing to understand how much of a disservice you're doing your brothers and sisters in Christ when you don't show up. Some Some of us, we're looking so much to be served. We're looking... So much for somebody to do something for us. No, no. Go back to Hebrew 10, 24, 25. Yeah. It said exhorting and encouraging one another. Yeah. Considering one another. Yeah. That's something you give on your part. Amen. Well, if you're not here, you can't do it. Amen. 
Have you ever asked yourself, am I giving enough? Am I doing enough? Huh? Have you ever asked yourself that? Probably not in many cases because you, you, don't, want, you don't want to answer the question. Because you know what the answer is. No, I'm not. Well, let me tell you about somebody who gave. Let me tell you about somebody who gave. And he gave more than we'll ever be able to match. John 3.16, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth, that means a continuation. Not just say, oh, I believe in God. That ain't enough. The devil believes in God. And James said he trembles. And whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but should but have everlasting life. God didn't just love the world. I keep I always bring this up. That word SO. Oh, that's a powerful word. He so loved the world. That he was moved. To give his only begotten son. He gave. He gave his only begotten son. To be offered. As a sin sacrifice. He gave. And and you dare want to sit at home. And try to talk about what you offering to God. Because I'm just going to sit at home and read some scriptures that God will understand. Is that what you want to compare? Is that what you want to compare in your giving? Is that what you want to compare in your exhorting? Let's talk a few moments about scourging. God gave his only begotten son to be offered as a sin sacrifice. And part of the process prior to Jesus going to the cross, there was a scourging that took place. Man. Matthew chapter 27. We're going to do a little reading in the Bible. Matthew chapter 27. When the morning was come, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against Jesus To put him to death. And when they had bound him. They led him away. And delivered him to Pontius Pilate. The governor. Then Judas. Which had betrayed him. When he saw. That he was condemned. Repented himself. And brought again the 30 pieces of silver. To the chief priests. And elders. Saying I have sinned. And that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? See thou to that. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple. And departed. And went and hanged himself. And the chief priest took the silver pieces and said, it is not lawful for to put them into the treasury because it is the price of blood and they took counsel and brought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in 
Wherefore that field was called a field of blood unto this day. Stay with me. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet saying. And they took the 30 pieces of silver. The price of him that was valued. Whom they of the children of Israel did value. And gave them for the potter's field as the Lord appointed me. And Jesus stood before the governor. And the governor asked him saying. Aren't thou king of the Jews? And Jesus said unto him. Thou sayest. And when he was accused of the chief priests and elders. He answered nothing. Then said Pilate unto him, Hearest thou not how many things they witness against thee? And he answered him to never a word. Insomuch that the governor marveled greatly. Now at that feast, the governor was walked to release unto the people a prisoner. Whom they would. And they. And they. Yeah. Had been a. Notable prison. Called. Barabbas. Mm -hmm. Therefore. When they gathered together. Pilate said unto them. Whom will ye that I release unto you. Barabbas or Jesus. Which is called Christ. For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. Pilate, Pilate knew. Yeah. Yeah. Pilate knew. When he, when he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him saying, Have thou nothing to do with that just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said unto them, whether of the twain will ye that I release unto you? And they said, Barabbas, a condemned murderer, a robber. Think about it. It was the people who convicted him. Yeah. It was the people who had him locked up, yeah. had him put away. Yeah. And because of envy, because of hatred, because of the sin in their hearts mm -hmm. against the light of the world. They said, release this thug. Yeah. Release this thug. Back unto us. So what he murdered somebody. So what he robbed people. So what he was a nuisance to our society. Release him back unto us. Crucify Jesus. Pilate said unto them. What shall I do. Then with Jesus, which is called Christ. They all say unto him, let him be crucified. Mm -hmm. 
And the governor said, why? What evil had he done? But they cried out the more, saying, let him be crucified. Man, we don't, we don't have time to answer questions. We don't have time to explain. It don't make sense to us. We just want him dead, man. Let the murderer go. And the governor said, Pilate saw that he could not prevail nothing, but rather a torment was made. He took water and washed his hands before the multitude saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. Yeah. Over in John 19, it talks about prior to him washing his hands yeah. that he sent Jesus away to be scourged yeah. and hoping that, hey, if I just whip him, yeah. the hearts and the minds of the people would change. And they would say, release Jesus. But to no avail. The scourging was an unmerciful way of, I'm just trying to even think of the right words, and, 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 and rendering discipline or, or torture. Unto a person. That, that, that was one way. Of doing it. But then that was the Roman way. Yeah. Of doing it. Yeah. And the Romans were experts at this. Just stop for a moment. And look at this picture. Just look at this picture. Now I want you to Remember. During the scourging, they're, they're normally chained or tied to a pole yeah. that exposes their rear end and their backside to receive the licks. Look at this. Just look at this. Look at this. The lead spike made of metal. The lead ball that's hitting up against your skin every time they strike you. That's, that's causing dentation into your body and eventually break your skin open. The sheep bone sharp. Sharp. Sharp every time it hit, it just rips you open. Think about it, folks. Think about it. This is what he was whipped with. This is what he was whipped with. For God so loved the world. Yeah. This is what he gave. This is what he gave his innocent only begotten son for to go through something like this. And I ask you today, are you really giving enough? I'm not just talking about money, folks. I'm talking about of yourself. 
Are you really giving enough? Folks, when your mind is taken back to just this event right here, if that's not enough to motivate you to get up and want to serve and want to live for Christ and do the right thing, something's wrong with you. This is what God gave his best up for. And some of us, we sit back talking about, well, I'm I'm tired. I'm always doing something. You will never do enough. You will never do enough in comparison to what God gave. Who told you you've done enough? To what measurement of righteousness are you measuring yourself to? You pick, you, you pick probably one of the most unfaithful members in the church and then you pat yourself on the back because I show up more than them. You're not justified by that. Because I sit at home and and I might open my Bible and read a few scriptures before my eyes get heavy. When you should have been here. You should have been involved in the work of the church and serving others. Isn't that what Jesus did? He did this in our stead. So that we wouldn't have to go through this. Are you given enough? Some of us have taken on this, this mentality that even coming, just showing up for worship, we think we're doing God a favor. Do you not understand it's a privilege for us to show up? That God even allow us to offer this worship unto him. God don't need you. God said if you won't do it. There are some rocks. There are some mountains. They'll cry out. So what are you giving folks? What what are you giving? Folks say, well, brother May, I'm trying. Stop trying. Amen. Right. It's time to start doing. Yeah. It's, it's time to get involved. Mm. We're allowing excuses for everything. Everything. Except for getting involved and getting busy in the service of the Lord. Let me ask you this. When was the last time we put somebody in this baptismal pool? Huh? What what is our mission? What is our mission? Matthew 28. Huh? Go ye therefore and all the word do what? Teach. Do what? Baptize. When was the last time you led anybody to be baptized? 
Right. Right. I'm asking you a question. Why haven't you? Well, people don't want to be bothered and this and that. We, God know that. People didn't want to be bothered back in John 3. The light came into the world and the world rejected the light because the world loves what? What else new? Well, I just don't say anything to people. Why not? Somebody says something to you. That's right. Yes, sir. Are you doing enough? According to whose righteousness? According to what standard? Have you come to that conclusion? You're giving enough. You, you're doing enough. See, that's what I want to know. According to what standard? That you believe we're at the point where we could just put it on cruise control and just ride on. I read over in Matthew 25. Oh, that's, that's plenty for folks to do in the church. That's plenty for. And, and I just want to ask you this morning. Are, are you involved in doing any of this? In verse 34. For time's sake. It said, then shall the king say unto them on the right hand, come ye my blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered and you gave me meat. Are you, are you doing that? Right. Right. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. Are you doing that? Right. I was a stranger and you took me in. Any help doing that for anybody? Naked and you clothed me. Who are you helping? I was sick and you visited me. Have you? Well, you know it's a pandemic. Well, you know it's a pandemic. So that means you can't even call somebody? I haven't heard of one documented case where Corona came through the phone. But it said, you visited me. Yeah. Yeah. I was in prison and you came unto me. Have you? Right. Have you? Oh, there are, there are many things that we in the church can be involved in doing. Yeah. Yeah. But the question is, are we doing it? These are just some of the basics. These are, these are going to be some of the things at the judgment. Because these same words are going to be there, right? Yes, sir. So think about it. This could be part of your checklist. When you stand at the judgment, did, did you close me? Did you close me? Did you visit me? Did you give me water when I was thirsty? Now, if you can't even check these boxes and you plan on going where? Huh? Folks, let's be real. That's all I'm saying. Let's be real and stop making excuses of why we can't do what the Lord has commanded us to do. It's, it's the coronavirus bigger than God? 
Huh? Apparently, apparently it is for many folks. And I'm not saying be ignorant of the fact that this thing is real. It's real. I understand it's real. I just tend to believe my God is bigger than it. And if if I'm going to die of something, I'd rather die faithful and serving God. Knowing I was serving God because you know what? To die will only be for gain. But see, many of us, we're not not there yet. We still love this world. We still love this world. And that's why we offer some of these lame excuses and sacrifices that we do. But I'm going to tell you, folks, we're going to answer for it. We're going to answer for it. So stop, stop leading people on when they want to bring up, well, you know. And see, first, but, but before we got the vaccine, well, you know, this virus, this virus. Now, now you got the vaccine, what people excuse now? Let me show you how warped and crazy people are. They offer, they offer the one vaccine, you got to have two shots. Yeah. People got the first, and now people are saying, I don't want the second. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Christ. Amen. Amen. See, that, that, that's why you need to be here. That's right. <laughs> to be exhorted, to be encouraged. Yeah. Yeah. To, 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 to receive, to make sure you receive favor from God. Because yeah. we live in a society around some crazy people. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And if you get sick, who are you going to call on? That's right. Huh? That's right. You get sick, you're going to pray, you're going to call on God. Yeah. The same God that you wouldn't come out and worship. Yeah. The same God that you would not come out and sing to and, and glorify and lift up his name in praise. Yeah. That's the same God you're going to call on. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds to me, you're trying to play God. Yeah. Well, I know you're all powerful and all this, but I just don't trust you enough during this pandemic to come out and worship you. But if I get sick, Lord, you know I need you. Who you think you're playing with? My exhortation to you today is simply this, folks. Get back to church. Amen. Amen. You say, well, I'm already here. You're talking to the wrong one. No, spread the word. Spread the word. Get back involved in church. If you've never been involved, it's time to get involved. There's too much to be done. Look around. There are folks who ain't showing up. There are folks you probably talk to or text during the week, and you know. You know they're not living faithful. Stop playing along with them. Call it what it is. Tell them that they're sinning. Tell them that they are in sin and they need to come back 
repent and get themselves right with God. How in the world are you going to ever show the sinner his error if you just keep on telling them, oh, well, I understand, I know. But see, it ain't about you. It's what you're cheating and taking away from God. And folks, you don't want to take God's glory. Let me tell you, boy. He don't play about his glory. As Nadab and Abihu. Better yet, as Moses. He told Moses, because you failed to give me all my glory. You gave me some, but man, I'm God. You don't offer me some. I want it all. You think of how close God and Moses was. But he had, to t- he had to step up to Moses and say, you were wrong, man. Yeah. You were wrong. Yeah. And folks, he may, not, he may not be burning us on the spot today. But a day is coming. He will. He will. And, and the scary thing, you could commit sin and do wrong and you could forget about it. But you're going to answer for it. Yes, sir. And the wages of sin is what? Yeah. You could stand in judgment and say, I forgot all about that, but God won't. And just because you forgot doesn't make God unrighteous for condemning you. I'm saying wake up, folks. Yeah. Wake up. Yeah. Let's get to business. Man. And the business is about God. Yeah. Amen? Amen? God gave. Yeah. God gave. I'm just simply asking you today. Are, are, are you think you're giving enough? I would say no. Man. And I'm including myself. No. None of us have given enough. That's right. That's right. Not in comparison to what God has given. Amen. You're here today. You haven't put Jesus on in baptism to be added to the one true church, the church of Christ. Amen. To be saved from your sin and to be added to that one body. You have the opportunity today to do so. Bible said one must hear John 5 24 believe Hebrews 11 and 6 repent Luke 13 3 and also verse 5 confess Matthew 10 32 be baptized 1 Peter 3 21 and you know what and after that you live faithful unto death the Lord adds you to your new family and you need to stay around your new family you need to be around your new family whenever the doors open or, or the setting avail itself where you can get with your new family members. You need to be with them. Amen. Yes, Folks out in the world ain't thinking about going to heaven. That's right. We're the set apart. That's right. You need to be around people with like minds. Amen. Like goals. 
you're here today, you are a member of the Lord's church, and you've been slowful, you've been slack, you've just been downright sinful. Concerning a matter of how you've been living and how you've been presenting yourself before God as a living sacrifice. Romans 12 and 1 said, you must present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy yeah. and acceptable unto him. Yeah. Holy and acceptable. Yeah. You skipping services, that's not holy and acceptable. You not being obedient to what God commands you to do. That's not holy and acceptable. Man. Get yourself right today. Yeah. Get yourself right today. You don't have to explain to us. God already know what wrong you've done. Mm -hmm. You need to be concerned with God. Get yourself right so that you can rejoice. And your heart can be lifted and your, your spirit can be changed today and you can leave here a better person than you arrived get yourself right because rest assured right there Luke 13 3 Jesus said I tell you nay except you repent you shall all likewise perish and Jesus said if you die in your sins where I am you can't come What's our song? 598. 598. 598 is our invitation song. 598. Are you ready to come home this morning? I hope and pray you are. Don't let the devil persuade you any different. You come this far, go on, make up your mind, and do the right thing. Let us together stand and let us sing.